What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Locked on Bucks. Camille is with me today to wrap up the week, and I'm asking a big question today. Are the Bucks big three doing too much? Now, the Bucks are winning, and we're very happy about that, but these three are putting in work, and we're not even at the postseason yet, so we're going to ask that question and answer that question. And then also, Camille may or may not cry on this podcast because we're going to be talking... <laughs> We're going to be talking about something very topical in Wisconsin today. What are trades that have really hurt you in the past? Camille, hang in there. Everything's going to be okay. Let's get started. <laughs> Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and also find uh, my other ramblings over at ESPN. Joining me today, Camille Davis. You, obviously, as you know, you can hear Camille on Locked on Bucks once a week. Also, check uh, check out, I should say, the Technical Foul podcast, which, by the way, very interesting this week. There's lots of stuff going on. Uh, Scott mm-hmm. Hall, wrestling legend. Yeah. Uh, terrible news if you're any type of you know wrestling fan, particularly the wrestling that I like. Uh, back in the in the nineties, early two thousands, uh, Scott Hall was obviously a legend. There it was also uh, Stone Cold Day yesterday, as we're recording this. And by the way, Jan, it's just absolutely ridiculous. We can get into that. But anyway, the point being, check out the Technical Foul podcast as well. Uh, Camille, I was completely thrown off by the time I jumped in to do this podcast <laughs> an hour ago, and you said, "Oh, you're you're ready early today. That's good to see." <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. I was sitting here and I was doing some other things and I saw the message come through and I was like, <laughs> is it nine? I was like, nine. And I looked at my watch and I was like, ah, the daylight savings time. I was like, doesn't just get us here. It gets everyone. Yeah, it gets every single Australian that has a Milwaukee Bucks podcast <laughs> has been caught out by this this week. So it's unfortunate for me. By the way, uh, we do thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen of every single day. Whether it's on the audio, the old school audio version or on uh, YouTube, which, uh, by the way, YouTube numbers climbing. I keep on talking about it because it's, I was resistant to YouTube at first, Camille. I was like, I, people don't want to see me. No one's going to watch on YouTube. Let's not do this. Uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. People are listening. They're coming on board. It's a brand new audience. So we've got a lot of listeners from across mm-hmm. the world as well, which is uh, super fun. Uh, let's talk about Giannis and Stone Cold first, okay? Because... Uh, yes. And, and firstly, let's talk about because I think if people haven't seen this, go to the Bucks social media, you'll see Giannis. Uh, so 16th of March, 316. If you're, again, a wrestling fan, Stone Cold 316. Anyway, so Giannis shows up. He's got the Giannis 316 t-shirt on. He's got a, a WWE hat on. And he has the world's smallest beer on the desk. <laughs> Was it the world's smallest beer or is this guy just got giant hands? <laughs> I could not tell. It looked like he had one of like the mini cans, like how you can buy the sodas and those really mini cans. Like, what kind of beer is he drinking? But I think that's just a credit. Like Giannis just has monster hands, I think. Well, uh, by the way, uh, if there's one man that can move to Wisconsin and resist 
the the beer drinking culture, it's going to be Giannis. So shout out to him for still uh, you know, having, look, most people, if you do drink, I do enjoy a, a beer. Certainly, I don't need much of an excuse to have a beer. But we all know that when you're a teenager or when you, you first drink a beer, nobody likes it. You, you, you have to push through. And shout out to Giannis at 27 years old. He still hasn't you know, pushed through that phase, which I uh, completely respect. But by the way, he deserved the beer after this game yesterday. 36 points against the Sacramento Kings, which brings me to the question, are the big three doing too much at this point in the season? Now, of course, we're 10 games away from the postseason. You want your best players peaking at the right time. But we understood last year that it is such a grind, the postseason, mm-hmm. and it goes forever. It feels like, and, and there's all the pressure and the tension, so it feels like it's almost a complete new regular season. But here's the numbers uh, for Giannis, Chris, and Drew since All-Star break. I was looking it up because I said they must be pretty impressive, and I'm here to tell you they are. So since the All-Star break, Giannis is averaging 31.5 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists. Now, he's playing just a a tick under 34 minutes per game as well, which is obviously up. They've obviously had some close games against good opposition, so it's not a huge surprise. And also, it's not an obscene load that he's playing 34 minutes a night, but the numbers are ridiculous. Chris is playing 34 and a half minutes per game, but he's putting up 25.7 points, 4.5 rebounds, six assists, shooting splits 48, 48, and 92. So just absurd. And some would say unsustainable. And then Drew Holiday is playing 35 (laughs) minutes a night, and he's putting up 20.2 points, 4.5 rebounds, 7.1 assists, 48, 45, 77 shooting splits as well. These guys are just playing out of their skin right now, which uh, I just look at it and I say, well, are they doing a little bit too much for the Bucks to be just scraping home in some of these games? It's a good question. Um, one thing about being the champs is that you are going to get everyone's best every night that you step on that court. I mean, we remember Bucks fans when we had some of our, uh, I'll say developing Bucks teams. When you think about a young Giannis, a young Jabari, uh, they got up to play LeBron and the Cavaliers. And there was one time when we beat, I can't remember the year, but we beat the Cavaliers, and I remember in the locker room, LeBron and Kyrie kind of sounded kind of salty, where they were kind of like, I wish, you know, they put this, the Jabari and Giannis put this effort into every game that they're playing, <laughs> you know, not just against Cleveland. It's it's funny to see now that Giannis and Chris are the guys receiving end of everyone's bet. So, of course, the Kings were going to come out and play with their hair on fire, especially for Dante. Dante, you know, I was hoping Dante would have a good game and the Bucks would win, so I got my wish. Um, but for a while there, it was looking a little dicey with Dante and, and the Kings really pushing the Bucks. But honestly, this is what I expected uh, to close out the season. Just looking at the schedule after All-Star break, seeing how difficult March was going to be in particular, using as a ramp-up time. As you mentioned, their minutes are up, and I wonder if part of that is by design to get them ready and acclimated to playing more playoff minute, that playoff load, you know, playing 40 minutes or so a game, uh, whatever the case might be. And when you look at even last year's playoff numbers, like only four bucks average double digits in the playoffs. Drew, uh, Giannis, Chris, and Brooke. Those were the only four who averaged double-digit points. So – if the Bucks are starting to get into the playoff swing of things, it looks as it looks like um, they're just rounding in the form right now. I don't necessarily have too much of a problem with their load at this point in the season. Now, if we were having this conversation like in October or November, I might feel a little bit differently right. about it. But knowing that we're gearing up for the playoffs, it makes some sense to me that you'll see them a little bit more often. And it's encouraging to see that they're 
they got great chemistry right now. I mean, year one with Drew, you won the championship, which is your best case scenario. So another year with them together, developing that chemistry, playing well together, I'm enjoying seeing it. I think that's why I, I think it's a it's first of all, every time someone mentions that it's only year two with Drew Holiday, it's like, okay, yeah, you're like these guys really uh got to work early, even though it was shaky mm-hmm. at times through last year. But you talk about instant results in a trade. But I, I think overall that's clearly the glass half full that you just look at this and say, Well, look, these guys are stars. If you're gonna win the championship, they're gonna have to do this anyway. So it doesn't really matter that they're doing it in the weeks leading into the postseason. So I do think that that's right. The only thing I would say is that clearly, and we had a number of people comment in the YouTube comments that uh, still had concerns over the defense, and I think that that's totally fair enough. I mean, we spoke about it uh, against the Kings team, not their best defensive performance we've seen in against some of the, the really high-quality teams that mostly in the fourth quarter, I'll say, they've really been able to turn it up. And that is going to be the difference between uh, regular season basketball and the postseason basketball is that you'll have that defense defensive intensity from quarter one which is generally why the offense falters a little bit and comes back to right. earth and you're not shooting 50 50 90 as chris is or has been over the last 12 games that's why that's unlikely so i, I just think more than anything it's just a, a continued watch on the defense and see how that continues to progress if the bucks for whatever reason aren't able to turn up the defense if brooke lopez isn't able to ramp up the minutes and be the guy that he's certainly been over the last few years it would be a concern but uh, just looking at the numbers, it's uh, ridiculous stuff. And it's been fun to watch, I'll say that. In regular season basketball, there's nothing more enjoyable than just seeing guys go off. And by the way, everyone's going off. Sadiq Bay. Oh, my God. 50. What's going on, Camille? I have no idea. The league is going crazy right now. Like, I've been saying for a while that I think that the talent level in the NBA right now is – it's amazing. I've been encouraging some people who I know who are like, oh, I haven't watched basketball for years. And I'm like, listen, now's the time to yeah. get back into the basketball, into the NBA game. If you've been out of it, there's just so much talent around the league. This is a, a finals race. I would say, honestly, it's it's open. Like everybody has an argument about why they think their team can make it. And this is not one of those years where those arguments feel like, you know, just barbershop talk or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of good teams in the league right now that think it's their year. And I can understand why they feel that way. So we're going to get to who we think, and we've spoken about what, who the matchups will be, what matchups you might like or not like if you're a Bucks fan heading into the postseason. But today I want to talk purely from the emotional standpoint, who are the Bucks' biggest rivals? And as a fan, who do you want to beat the most or who do you not, who do you not want to lose to? Because uh, I, I mean, they obviously go hand in hand, but I think there's some interesting answers. We're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. But you mentioned uh, the scoring outburst, and and I went into work this morning. We have a Friday night uh, TV show over here, and I was talking to, and we were talking before we started about Kyrie Irving scoring sixty. And I was like, well, I was like, look, to be honest. And by the way, I can you know be a bit critical of Kyrie from time to time, but I was like, look, honestly, yes, it was very impressive, incredible player. But he did it against the Orlando Magic, so technically it doesn't count. <laughs> and they were all laughing at me, and they're like, that's ridiculous. And then I got home from the show, and the first thing I see is Sadiq Bay scored 50 against the Orlando Magic. And I just wrote Sadiq Bay in capital letters, and I said, against Orlando, Kyrie 60 does not count anymore because of, <laughs> of that. Uh, but I tell you what I would be doing right now. I would be betting that someone is going to score 50 in the next couple of days of basketball because it's happening every day. I read a stat that now there's eight 50-point games in March so far 
this year. The record for 50-point games in a month is nine, and that came in 1962, and it's, <laughs> and it's only March 17. So we're only halfway through the month. So I would bet that that record is going to tumble. But if you're into betting, then you should go to betonline.net and check out all the college basketball stuff that's going on right now. Now, they call it March Madness. Personally, for me, I think you're mad if you even watch college basketball. That's an unpopular take, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I, want, I, I, I thought this year that I was going to watch it, but I just can't bring myself to do it. But if you're into it, and by the way, apologies to all the Marquette fans out there. I know. I know. It was like, rough. It was rough. Listen, if there was one school that I, w- I would like to win, um, you know, I went to a few Marquette games, so I feel for all you Marquette fans out there. I mean, no disrespect. But if you want to check out all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the scores, podcasts, and news this season. And uh, it doesn't have to be basketball. It could be baseball. It could be football. Hey, we might bring up football in just a second here. Or... Vegas casino games head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action that's bet online where the game starts. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Now podcast as well. Uh, it'll keep you up to date as I can barely see right now. The sun is just can't figure out what it's doing in Melbourne. This right. is, it's just ridiculous behavior. <laughs> Anyway, you can check out the Locked On Now podcast and uh, you'll see everything that's going on. That didn't do anything for me. But anyway, for those listening on the audio, I, I apologize, but I can barely see right now. I'm just getting sizzled right in the in the, ret- <laughs> in the retinas by the sun right now in Melbourne, 1.30 p.m. Uh, anyway, Camille, uh, I'm feeling for you right now. And I'm feeling it's for all... Look, I'm feeling for all the Packers fans out there. And we're going to be talking trades, and it's going to be Bucks related. But clearly, if you're a Packers fan, and I don't know enough about football to understand it, but given all the shenanigans with Aaron Rodgers, I, I just thought that the the least the franchise was going to do was keep his running buddy, his partner in crime, his number one option on offense. And they didn't. They traded him to Las Vegas. Devontae Adams is gone. And by the way, it's been a rough day for me as well. So people that listen to the podcast know I'm an Oakland Athletics fan in the baseball. And, and you know, I really – I spent a lot of time in the Bay Area the last sort of five, six, seven years. So I was going to all the games. You can go to Oakland games for two bucks. It's it's like wow. they're, they're basically paying you to go to Oakland Athletics games. And so, you know, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, love those guys. They've both been traded as well. And it's because the owner the, – the owner of the Oakland Athletics is fearful that if he pulls his wallet out – he will die from inhalation of too many mothballs. That's that's the problem with that man. He refuses to spend any money at all. So I understand the trauma of trades. And so I'm feeling for you, Camille. And, and I know that there's a chance that you could break down in tears during this podcast. But what I'm thinking is the news today made me think about trades, Bucks-related trades, that got you down in the dumps. What have you got? You know, there's, there's, it's the one. It's, it's the trade uh, that I always come back to. I still don't know exactly how I'll react if I see George Carl on the street. Mm. Uh, but the Ray Allen trade, trading Ray Allen and getting back Gary Payton, it, it just it didn't sit right with me then. It doesn't sit right with me now. Uh, Ray Allen was the reason I became like a Bucks fan because I grew up, you know, watching the Bulls with my uncles and watching Jordan grow up as a Jordan kid, like Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. And once Jordan retired, I was like, okay, now what do we do? 
what do we do here? And, you know, being a kid, you know, Space Jam. And I'm like, who else, who else could be in Space Jam? And, you know, time goes on. We draft Ray Allen. I'm kind of watching. I'm like, he's, he's, he's pretty good. And as a kid, I'm like, okay, he's pretty good. He did, uh, he got game, which I probably shouldn't have seen, but I saw it, <laughs> you know, when it came out. And Jesus Shuttlesworth, like it was, it was a mm-hmm. thing at that moment. And he just like ignited the Bucks love in me. So when he got traded, it was a very dark day. It, it was a, actually a similar reaction to how I felt about the Packers trading Devontae Adams. We were just asked like, why? Wait, what? What do we, why? What happened? How do we get here? So the Ray Allen, Gary Payton trade, really, that's the one that gets me, especially when I saw him in Seattle, just, just cooking, just, just taking off. And it, it was rough over here. So first NBA game I ever went to, and people know that I love Ray Allen as well. He's my favorite player. And it's the same for me. He was the person I not only found the NBA, but became this random Australian child that had an interest in the Milwaukee Bucks, which is, just makes no sense at all. But Ray Allen was the reason. But the first NBA game I ever went to was actually Lakers-Seattle in LA, uh, 2005, 2006, around that time there. So the first game I actually went to, I saw Ray Allen live and he was balling and the, the, the Sonics won. But I think that's going to be a popular one. But let us know, of course, in the comments uh, what trade. And and I will say this, the Ray Allen one is the obvious one. So can can what I want to hear from our listeners today is completely irrational <laughs> players that people were upset about. Which player like should you not have been upset about uh, that you were? I will say, I remember it. I was working in my previous career uh, well before. I'd even been to Milwaukee well before I'd, I'd stepped into the media type stuff. But I was driving and I did have to pull over on the side of the road to really read the details of the Andrew Bogut trade. I remember that. And uh... at the time, I, at the time, I was actually okay because I, I think like a lot of people, I kind of talked myself into the idea of, of Monte Ellis being you know, a cool, a cool I think player a lot to of have. Did. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, we were, we were so used to the mediocrity of the Bucks that Amante Alice was kind of like a star. That's like a star level player that you get to see um, playing for your franchise. But I remember that moment and the other one, and this is me as uh, when I'm doing this job now, but I was, I'd only just moved to Milwaukee and I'll keep it really short, but the people that don't know the story, I basically quit my old job moved to Milwaukee, had no work, but I was just like, let's just see if I can make this basketball stuff happen. And Milwaukee made sense because, A, obviously I had some ties there. I had some friends there, that that type of thing. But they also had Dally and Thon Maker at the time. And I was trying to make some money. And I thought, well, Della Vadova being there, I'll be able to sell some stories. I'll be able to make a little bit of money here or there. Before I even had a chance to make a single dollar, I'd been in Milwaukee for a few months, made no money, thought I'd just have an afternoon nap. Bucks are playing the Warriors. I wake up at five o'clock and Delva Dover's been traded. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, am I going to have to leave Milwaukee? Am I going to have to move? Is the career, <laughs> is the career over? I, I trudged down to Fireserve Forum for the game. The, the Buck store is already boxing up any piece of <laughs> Delva Dover memorabilia they can find. I think they give it to charity. I asked the question. I think they give it to charity, which is cool. But maybe have a Delva Dover fire sale. Maybe there's some Bucks fans that want some gear. Anyway. Uh, I ended up, my first story I sold, though, the Cavs were back in Milwaukee three days later. I spoke to Dollar Dover about the trade. I made like 100 bucks or whatever it was to, to an yeah. Australian newspaper. So I still tell Dolly now in Melbourne, you got me my first money. So I, I was sad that you were traded, but I also appreciate it now. So You know Dolly. what? 
I do have one more that caught me off guard. Let's and go. It was a more recent one. It was uh, the Brandon Knight trade because right. the Bucks were playing so well while we had, and I thought like, oh, we have our young guns. Like we have our, our team, Brandon Knight's finding his, his rhythm with us. He's no longer going to just be remembered for being dunked on by DeAndre Jordan. Like we're, we're moving past all of this. We have a great team. They traded him for MCW. And I remember being just kind of like, why did we do this? And I kept trying to find the logic in it. Like maybe Jason Kidd sees some of himself and, MCW and he wants a point guard that we all know it didn't work out. And the we saw after the trade, the Bucks won that losing streak. And <laughs> I just remember being like, I don't know why we did this. We had a team that had great chemistry. They all liked each other, like playing with each other, playing for each other. We got something here, but Hey, that was another one that really, it caught me off guard. Cause I did not expect us to trade Brandon Knight that year. And um, I liked how that team was playing up until that point. Well, this is what you do as a fan, and this is what Packers fans are already doing. I can see it on Twitter. You, you, want, you The trade happens. You're, you're angry, you're upset, but as a fan, because you care about the team, because you want the team to do well, you're you're going to start talking yourself into, okay, and I'm already seeing it. People are like, well, they must have I a did. plan. They must have a plan. <laughs> They're going to trade for this guy. It's going to be fine. But the reality is, like that MCW trade, you can't just bring in a guy and have the same chemistry. It's not going to be the same. And maybe it'll work out for the Packers. But this is the process that fans go through to the point that mm -hmm. I remember the year after. We already had some evidence that MCW was perhaps not going to be the best thing for this team. Uh, even though he did have, honestly, quite a few good moments in the playoff series against Chicago. He had some, some big games, including the game five in Chicago. He was awesome. But coming yeah. into the next season... Oh, I was talking myself into MCW, Chris Milton, Giannis Jabari, Parker, Greg Monroe. I'm like, how could that team not win a championship? Okay, that's exa that's exaggerating a little bit, but on on paper, on paper, I was like, this is this is an incredibly uh, talented group. Uh, there's no no doubt about that. Green and growing is that what they used to say? Green and yes. growing. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, I tell you what, uh, I tell you what else is green and growing. That's Athletic Greens, the sponsor of the podcast. And uh, if you're into your health, and Camille, I know you are, you're into your health. So what you should be doing is having Athletic Greens daily, like I am. And people will ask, "What is Athletic Greens?" And I'll tell you, it's uh, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health nervous system immune system energy recovery focus and aging and packers fans are going through a lot of those symptoms today so athletic greens probably good uh, when there's a major trade with your team it contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good and it supports better sleep quality which for me is very important because i am just a an awful sleeper just a just a terrible sleeper so athletic greens is perfect for me and it's uh it's affordable it costs you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than the cold brew habit that you have to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nba network again that's athleticgreens.com slash nba network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And while we're talking about health, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made and uh, very healthy for you. And it's it's impossible for me to understand how something that could taste this good could still be healthy for you, but it absolutely is. Go to Built.com and scroll down 
uh, to the macros chart, you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carb as well. It tastes better than a typical candy bar, and it's more healthy for you, whether you're into mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, uh, or the new white chocolate cookies and cream. You can find all the flavors at built.com. Just use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's talk rivalries. I'm throwing it to you first, Camille. And I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, look, we've talked, we've spoken about teams that we think are going to be difficult. And, you know, everyone understands they don't want to play the Nets in the first round. But would the Nets be the worst team to lose to? I mean, you could say maybe because it would probably be in the first round, which would be a shame. <laughs> but there are a number of teams in this playoff race that I would rather not lose to than the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, there are some teams that it would be painful to lose to. Where are you at with this? You know, there, there's a few. Um, and it, it <laughs> depends on, uh, I guess, which part of like your Bucks fandom, uh, some of those losses, which losses stood out to you the most. So, of course, there's the heat. There's mm-hmm. There's been some beef with the heat um, going back to this bubble thing now. We know Giannis hasn't played well in Miami. And then you got the bubble situation. We lose in the playoffs. And then last year's playoffs, and we sweep them. And then their fans have been talking crazy. And we've been talking crazy. And then there was also that whole time period where Heat fans were Photoshopping Giannis and Heat jerseys when they thought they could get him. And then when they couldn't, he was trashing in. So there is – a lot of satisfaction that I get out of anytime we can beat the Miami Heat, just on those principles alone. There's also satisfaction when it comes to beating Toronto, uh, because when I think about Toronto, we go back uh, to even the not green and growing days necessarily, but like the the playoff series where Chris, I think, had like the flu and they yeah. were really trying to battle through it. It was just a tough fought series. It was hard to lose that. And then you get the first year in Bud system where it looks like we have a championship team get to the Eastern Conference Finals, see Toronto, and it did not go our way. So there's there's some, there's some definitely some beef there. I remember Toronto fans were, were insufferable. There was all the Drake stuff going on, too, and he was, like, the big mascot that year. And Toronto was another one where it's like, I, I just – I enjoy winning in Toronto. And then you have this team now where they're just a bunch of, like, six, eight guys that are really long and rangy outside of Fred Van Vliet who, again, turned into Steph Curry when we played them. So there's that beef with Toronto. You have Boston, where (laughs) there were those series for a few years, where we're going back and forth. We couldn't beat Boston, finally beat them um, on the way to, you know, seeing Toronto that year. And the thing with Boston, the reason I wouldn't have Boston as my top pick, though, is because, like, Marcus Smart's still there. Al Horford's back again. But, like, it was Kyrie there, and Kyrie's in Brooklyn now, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, they they weren't that – like, they weren't part of the beef that I had with the Celtics at that time. So, for me, I'd probably put, like, Celtics three. Miami's number one for me. Um, then Toronto. There's also just being someone from Milwaukee. Uh, there's a satisfaction in beating Chicago in anything. Love beating Chicago after that playoff series we had with them when Giannis, you know, got ejected for having MCWs back against Dunleavy. Uh, The way that Bulls fans would take over the Bradley Center never sat right with me, never liked it. Um, Me and my husband were dating at the time during that playoff series. And I remember walking through like 
the Bradley Center and it's he was ready center. to fight. You were holding him back and you were like, I like this guy. <laughs> Actually, it was the opposite. So <laughs> <laughs> He's like, um, shit, I'm scared. Of, I'm scared of yeah, this girl, he, actually, yeah. I'm surprised he made to marry me. <laughs> but uh, he, there, there were some Chicago Bulls fans, and they were talking. So I started talking, and ye- we're yelling in the corridors oh, yeah. back and forth. And, you know, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was kind of like, she's going to end up getting me into a fight. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, you know, nothing happened, of course. But, like, I, I do, like, me and Bulls fans, there's still something there with that. So I think that's also part of what makes this particular playoffs so interesting because – so many matchups have some kind of history behind them. I didn't even mention Philly. <laughs> like there's there there's just so much history going on with with these different teams here. But my rankings of teams I would hate to lose to: Miami, Toronto, Chicago. I'm putting Chicago over Boston there, just off of Milwaukee Milwaukee beef uh, <laughs> principles. Uh, I actually changed my answer with every team that you named i was like actually that's the team for me <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm honestly I, I i really don't know i i'm curious to see uh what the comments say with this one and how people feel and their reasons why and that's why i thought this was such a, a funny thing to talk about because the only team that you really have nothing against is like cleveland and yeah <laughs> and honestly and honestly probably brooklyn there's i don't i didn't think that there's a reason for the Bucks to necessarily hate Brooklyn. Again, the downside is that it looks like maybe you're playing them in the first round. So a first round exit would obviously suck. But uh, in terms of, you know, passion, hate for the franchise, I don't think that it's there for no. Brooklyn. I don't think that it's there for Cleveland. But literally, the other five teams, you can make a, a strong case for there as well. And I think it heightens by however you feel about the probability that you could lose to the team. So I think mm-hmm. there are a lot... I'm not as high on Miami as... as seemingly a lot of a lot of bucks fans are but i could understand if you think there's a chance you're going to lose to miami and they've got the one series each you don't want to go down to that team and like you said there's a lot of talking going on there i still just think that philadelphia has always been a team that's kind of just been there and compared themselves and i don't really want philadelphia to win a title because i'm like hey you you did what you did the bucks did what they did and now they're on top Giannis mm-hmm. is better than Embiid, all that kind of childish stuff so i i don't know i think philadelphia uh, would be up there but We've been uh, talking about the fact that we've been waiting for this playoff series between these two teams, and maybe maybe this year is the year that it goes down. It's been a long time coming. Uh, either way, and it would be kind of a, a fun precursor uh, to the MVP discussion as well. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, you'll hear everything that's going on around the NBA. And um, I don't know what they're going to talk about tonight on the uh, Locked On NBA podcast, but you have to listen to find out. There was only one game, and it was Orlando-Detroit. Did anyone even watch the game? If they didn't, uh, they missed out on a 50-piece from our guy, Sadiq Bay. So maybe listen to Locked On Sadiq Bay podcast uh, for <laughs> today. Anyway, Camille, it's always fun. And I do feel oh, like yeah. today we have started some discussions, and I'm curious to hear what the people have to say. I cannot wait to check out the YouTube comments for uh, for this episode in particular. There's there's a few I kind of weave myself in there. Like, I just want to see what you guys are talking about right now. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the comments and the, the Twitter replies and all that stuff because I'm really curious, especially with this last question, about which team like do you really just not want to lose to? Which of these teams in the East gets your blood boiling? And you're just like, I can't stand anything. I see the colors. I see the logo, and it's just I don't want any more parts of it. So I'm curious to see what Bucks fans say. I'm curious. And nobody is allowed to be like me 
and sit on the fence and give no answer. It has to be one team. <laughs> it has to be one team. Uh, and uh, that'll be a little fun uh, across the weekend. So we'll be back on Monday, obviously. The Bucks do have the T-Wolves who have been red hot. And speaking of teams that might get get you a little bit annoyed, get you a little bit hot under the collar, uh, these T-Wolves are talking. The Wolves are talking right now. And we'll see uh, what kind of shenanigans they get up to on the weekend. But we'll be here on Monday to wrap it all up. Like I said, make sure you check out the Technical Foul podcast uh, with Camille as well. You can find some time on the weekend to listen to that. Make sure you do that. Uh, Camille, you have yourself a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Take care. I will. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to see for the entire weekend because I've just had the sun, the sun blazing straight in my eyeballs for the last 45 minutes. But we'll see if I can make it through. But anyway, if I can see, I'll be podcasting on Monday with, who knows, Frank, maybe. Anyway, whatever. We'll catch you on Monday.